I think I've shared with you all before that I have uh, an older sister and a younger brother. Have I told you that before? My, my sister's name is Deb, and my uh, brother's name, my little brother, who is not little, he's like 6'3 and weighs 220, so he's much bigger than I am. My little brother's name is Steve. Now, and I may have also shared with you that um, through the course of uh, my education, I have done some um, studying on birth order theory. Have you ever heard of that? That there, they have, there's a theory out there about that depending on where you're at in the birth order, you know, you'll, you have different personalities or take on certain different roles and responsibilities. Well, uh, I don't know if you believe that stuff or not, but I got to tell you, from um, my perspective, at least from when we were kids, that birth order thing has played out uh, pretty close every time. My, my sister, Deb, the oldest one, she is the responsible one, right? Um, me, I'm the middle child. I am the perfect one, right? <laughs> and my little brother, Steve, he is the spoiled one, right? Anybody, ha- anybody here as uh, the youngest child? Are you spoiled? Oh, come on. Now, my little brother would, ne- would have said when he was growing up, especially, he would have said, I am not Spoil. He, in fact, he was convinced that everything was stacked against him when he was a little kid. He's, in fact, his favorite saying was, it's just not fair. Okay, I want you all to say that with me, all right? It's just not fair. My brother Steve, my, he would say to my, my sister, she was six years older than him, and he, she, he'd always go, why can't I go do all the fun things that Deb gets to do? It's just not fair fair. How come I can't go play baseball with Craig and his buddies? It's just not fair. I'm going to tell you right now. One time I took him with me to play baseball. True story. And he stood too close to my friend Warren Braun. And when he reared back to hit the pitch, he cracked Steve right in the butt in the middle of the head. Had to take him to the emergency room. In the emergency room, he said, it's just not fair. I tell you that story today, <laughs> because as we continue, if you're a guest or visitors with us, we, uh, we have been doing a, um, uh, a study of the parables of Jesus throughout this year, and we will continue doing that throughout this year. And the parable that we're going to be looking at today is uh, a parable that has as its central theme, fairness. And what we're going to discover today is what you, you should got from my brother, the story about my brother is that fairness is often uh, in the eye of the beholder. That it depends on your perspective whether or not we perceive something as fair or not. Well, what we're going to be doing this morning is we're going to be looking at a parable. This is known as the parable of the laborer and the vineyard, but it's really about fairness. And what we're going to be doing today as we look at this parable is we're going to be looking at fairness from the perspective of God. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Matthew chapter 20. Um, I think that's on 980 of your church Bibles, if that's what you're using, by the way. And as you're doing that, I'll give you a little bit of context. I try to do that uh, every week. Context is very important as we study Scripture. And um, one of the ways you can uh, discern context is by looking at the stories that immediately precede the passage you're going to be studying, as well as the the stories that that follow the passage. So, 
We're going to do that a little bit today to give you some context for the parable of the labor in the vineyard. The story immediately preceding this parable is the story of the rich young ruler. You guys have heard that just recently. I have, I have preached on it and alluded to it a couple of times just in the last few weeks. And you will recall that this is a story about fairness too, right? If you remember, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he, he says, what good thing must I do to, to uh, attain eternal life? Basically, what he's asking for is, what is fair for me to, what is a fair exchange for me to get eternal life? And do you remember what Jesus said? A fair exchange would be everything. That's exactly right, Eric. Fairness. It's a story about fairness, right? Keep that in mind. Now, the next story immediately following the parable that we're going to be looking at today, it's a story of Jesus explaining to his disciples, for the third time, by the way, that he, the Messiah, the creator of the universe, the spotless Lamb of God, the only human being to have ever lived that was sinless, he is going to be beaten, mocked, and crucified. Why? Because he deserved it? No, because you deserved it. How's that for fairness? I deserved it. But he took it. Doesn't sound very fair to me. I want you to keep both of those stories in mind this morning as we look at this parable. So Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a master who goes out one day to hire laborers to work in his vineyard. So he, he meets these folks and he begins to negotiate with them, the scripture tells us, and they basically settle on their, their wages. You will receive a denarius. They agreed on a denarius for their day's labor. Now, a, a denarius is, um, you're not going to get rich on a denarius for a day's labor, but it, it was the fair um, compensation back in the day. Uh, and they agree, every, both sides agreed on it. All right? Well, from that point forward, it says, they send them off into the vineyard and they start doing their work, right? Well, a little time goes by and, and the master goes out and he sees if there's anybody else he can hire because there's a lot of work to do. He finds some and he hires them and he sends them off to work in the vineyard. A little later on, he does the same thing until he gets to the end of the day. There's only about an hour left. He goes out and he hires, there's still some people there that have come later in the day and he says, do you guys want to work for me today? I know there's, there's just an hour, you don't work in this sure. So they go off into the vineyard to work. Look at verse 8 now. In verse 8, it says that at the end of the day, the master comes back and starting with those that he had hired last, working down to those he had hired first, he begins to pay them. And guess, and guess what he does? He gives everybody a denarius. Those that had only worked an hour and those that had worked the whole day, he gives everybody a denarius. Does that sound fair to you? 
Doesn't sound fair to me either, does it? And as the story goes on, Jesus says this. He says, apparently, the, those, the, the ones that had spent the whole day, this is verse 12, you ready? Verse 12, it says, those that had worked the whole day, they, they come to the master and they say, master, what are you doing? You have made those who have labored only an hour equal to those of us who bore the burden of the day in the scorching heat. It's not, it's just not fair. And the master responds by saying, I have done nothing wrong. Did we not agree that you would work for a denarius a day? Are you saying that, that um, I can't do with what belongs to me, with whatever I want to do? Are you, are you complaining because of my generosity? Now, I want to stop right there for just a second. Um, one of the other things that we need to do when, 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 when studying a passage of Scripture is when we're considering context, you want, to, you want to consider who the audience, who the original audience was, right? And the original audience, for the most part, for this parable were the Jews. And the Jews would have heard this parable and immediately thought, it's just not fair for a couple of reasons. The first reason they would have said that it was unfair is because they are the chosen people of God. In this parable, it sure seems to imply that Jesus is saying, anybody that wants to work can come and be hired and, and labor, labor in the vineyard. And, and they would say, no, this, that is that we are the only ones that should be able to work in the vineyard. We are the chosen people of God. But let's assume that this particular group of Jews were relatively open-minded. Maybe they were thinking, well, you know what? If, 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 they were, if, these, if anybody is willing to, to worship Yahweh, to love God, to serve Him in this life, maybe it's okay. Even if they were open-minded Jews, they would have thought, it's just not fair! Because as Jews, the Jews for centuries had been, had been persecuted and reviled for being the people of God. And here you're saying that, that these people, these Gentiles, these non-Jews, you're saying that, that they get to come in now and be part of the, the vineyard or part of the, the family? That they receive the same reward as we do? Is that what Jesus is saying in this parable? Well, kind of. Another thing that we need to do when studying Scripture is remember that when a question arises out of a particular passage, oftentimes the Scripture itself, another portion of Scripture, will answer the question that arises out of this portion. I'll give you an example. That will answer, that will help to answer the question that I just raised. Is Jesus really saying that everybody receives the same reward in this parable? Is that what he's saying? 
Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 and following. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. If you, otherwise, you just trust me. I would, guarantee, I would suggest you not trust me. Look it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting verse 11. As the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, um, No one can lay a foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Christ. Basically, what he's saying there is that the reward that, that we have is Jesus. He is the only foundation upon which to build. He is your reward. Eternity is yours because of Him. Not because of you, but because of Him. Amen? So, he says, no one can lay the foundation other than the one that's already been laid, which is Christ. But upon that foundation, this is the interesting part, but upon that foundation, Jesus, we can build with things like gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. And one day, that which we have built will be brought out into the light of day and tested as through fire. And if that which you have built remains after the testing, you shall receive a reward. It's, it's not the ultimate reward. The ultimate reward is Jesus. And you haven't done anything to deserve that other than receive it, receive Him. But upon, if you've come through the testing, you shall receive another reward. I don't know what that is. I, don't, I mean, there's theologies about what that will look like, whatever. But we're, that's not the point. My point is that there are rewards for those who have lived for Jesus. Your ultimate reward is eternity in heaven because of Jesus. But there are other rewards that will, will come as well. So, is Jesus implying here that everyone gets the same reward? Well, kind of. You get the ultimate reward, which is Him. But there are others too. But, see, that's not the point of the parable anyway. See, if we focus on the rewards, we've missed the entire point of the parable. Because the the, the real point of the parable is this. You should be thankful that God isn't always fair. You understand? Because if our God was nothing but fair, there's not a single one of us in this room, including myself, who would like the result. Because justice requires perfection. And you're not perfect. You are sinners. And so am I. And the fact is, the only hope we have is in a gracious and generous God. That's the only hope we have. Yet we have a tendency to go throughout life and say, it's just not fair. What I want you to say to yourself when you find yourself doing that is being thankful that it's just not fair. That our God is, isn't always fair. Oftentimes He offers mercy and, and, and grace when we don't deserve it. 